Hey, lunatics, you're listening to Let the Meat Grass, a podcast exploring real food, broken ecosystems, and a better way to live. I'm Austin Williams, your farmer and podcast host. Before I began farming, I was a public school teacher who had grown up in the suburbs of St. Louis. And if you were like me, you had no idea what was real or who to trust when it came to our food. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a chance you've begun to doubt what huge food corporations are trying to sell you is as healthy as it's cracked up to be. And for good reason. I'm dedicating this show to you, the lunatics, the crazies, who have chosen to opt out, to stray beyond the safe and familiar confines of grocery store walls to support a farmer. And not just any farmer, but a farmer whose mission is to heal the land and nourish the people. You see, conventional farms are dying. We've been losing farmers for well over a century now. When 100% of us eat and only 1% of us farm, we have a math problem. Help me do the math by sticking around, listening closely, and voting with your forks to support real food. See you soon. In terms of teaching, I'm a statistic. I was a first-year burnout teacher, and I entered last summer very, very low. I'm a really optimistic person, and I diagnosed myself with low-grade clinical depression. I knew teaching wasn't for me. But my wife Kelly and I had already planned something grand, hiking the entire Colorado Trail. We planned to hike 500 miles from Denver to Durango in six weeks stopping along the way to be resupplied by our parents. We only made it to Copper Mountain before we had to change plans, but still covered 120 miles and got to be immersed in some of the most beautiful landscapes I've ever had the privilege to see. We hiked across parts of the foothills that were as barren as the moon and hot as a griddle. We bathed in icy mountain streams, We got caught on the top of a mountain in a thunderstorm, literally lightning flashing all around us, and we were above treeline. We were the tallest things for miles, and we had metal trekking poles. We were laying on our sides, bracing for the flash, that searing, white-hot electrical pain we knew was sure to come. Kelly was crying, saying, I don't want to lose you, Austin. By God's miraculous grace, we survived. But needless to say, over our time on the CT, 14ers, and other trails we've hiked, we've eaten a whole lot of meal replacement bars. We needed something shelf-stable that didn't require cooking. It needed to be lightweight, but energy-dense. Usually these bars would be very sugary and surprisingly bad-tasting. For our biggest hike, we bought every variety of pro bars and cliff bars known to man. We found our favorites and dutifully ate the rest. We thought these sugary, artificial bars were our only option. We didn't know there was a way to eat shelf-stable food that's also healthy for you. But now, since becoming regenerative farmers, I want to believe there's a better way. There has to be. Kelly and I want to complete the Colorado Trail someday, and there is no way we would buy those same bars. No way. Our bodies can't thrive off sugary, artificial junk. So I'm pleased to tell you that a solution may be in the works. I think I've found just the people who can rescue us from a sea of poor choices. And it wouldn't be helpful just if you're into hiking. It could be helpful for anybody with a mobile lifestyle. Philip and Mary Meese are friends of mine. 
I deliver them our pasture-raised food and get to talk to whichever one is home when I get to their house. They are adherents to the carnivore diet, which is, unsurprisingly, a meat and water diet. They've created what may be one of the first grass-fed, meat-based meal replacement bars. But I'll let them tell their own story. So I'm so happy that uh, I get to be one of the first ones to interview the two of you about this product that you're going to hopefully be bringing to a greater, not even just audience, but that you're just going to be able to bring to people and have it benefit their lives. Because that's like the third prong of this program. It's just a better way to live. So um, welcome, Philip and Mary, uh, Philip and Mary Meese, to Let Them Eat Grass. Um, Would you like to do... Oh, well, hello. Um, Would you like to just introduce yourselves really quickly like just maybe say like your name and just like quickly describe yourself for uh the audience so my name is philip meese and i have a background as a combat medic and i saw the need as a soldier for this uh carnivore bar yeah um i'm mary ellen um philip's wife and Basically, Philip and I have been on a crazy health journey that that led us to eating personally a carnivore-based diet. And so one of the challenges with that is that I'm a songwriter. I'm an artist and I travel a lot. And so this has been really awesome to be able to, to, to take this kind of way of eating on the go um, conveniently. Mm-hmm. All right. So Mary, I'm going to get back to you. I'm just going to talk to Philip right now. So like, Philip, can you tell me more about your experience as a combat medic and the food that you were forced to eat and why this led you to making the carnivore bar? Sure. Um, so in remote locations, you don't always have access to the same kind of, uh, amenities that that people have on uh, big bases. We were stationed at, uh, little outposts um, in district center, different places, and we moved around a bunch. And uh, some of the places we had just extravagant (laughs) support. Like there was one place where Mm -hmm. special forces that they folded your laundry for you. Wow. And then then the next week you'd be uh, taking a shower uh, in a a dust bowl on a pallet. uh, Oh, my God. So... You know, when you're in the latter situation, you are eating MREs, UGREs, and just whatever you you grab at the um, the base when you stop for fuel and to do uh, maintenance on your vehicles. Mm-hmm. So there's just there's a lot of easy carbs and empty calories, but mm-hmm. free soda. But there's not a lot of healthy choices, and you really have to. Um, you really have to be very mindful about the choices you make. So Mm -hmm. I took it on myself to start um, ordering online, seeing if I couldn't get like beef jerky and different things over there. Um, Mm -hmm. But there was a failure rate, especially in the warmer months of the, of the year, like even some of the Mm -hmm. spoiled. So Mm -hmm. it gets really hot in those connexes and then Mm -hmm. moisture in some of the jerky to uh, cause spoilage. So it's like I was ordering meat online in in Afghanistan and I still couldn't get, you know, reliable, healthy food, you know, 
Uh huh. And so Mary, uh, so as as far as being a touring musician, can you tell me about what kind of a toll that takes on you and what how that led to you investing in and creating the carnivore bar? Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't create the carnivore bar. It's all Philip's thing. I've, I've mostly been, you know, I I you helped. I, I, you do, helped. I, I I help in supportive roles and in uh, uh-huh. with our with our social media and marketing and uh-huh. uh, But but yeah, I you know, I've toured there was a time in my life where I was touring more often than I wasn't touring, you know? And yeah. and that it it really added up, you know, it, it didn't, uh-huh. I, I wasn't able to continue that because um, yeah. it just, aside from the fact that it often means really long, rough days with lots of traveling and um, not a lot of sleep sometimes, but mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's so, so hard to find good quality food on the road mm-hmm. um especially like gas stations and stuff like that it's yeah especially if you're trying to do it frugally like if you're trying to travel cheaply um and conveniently so like taking a huge cooler full of food or mm-hmm. out every meal at a restaurant in order to get healthy food is it both of those options are pretty rough you know and mm-hmm. um, it all kind of depends on like what kind of what kind of diet that you're eating but you know Mm -hmm. I I tried a lot of things in my life I tried eating a vegetarian diet and we tried doing a keto diet and and eventually Mm -hmm. our health search led us to this way of eating that's made us feel our best and and so the simplicity of just being able to take like a high fat super Uh simple meat bar like Philip has created has been yeah life-changing for me when I go on the road and I take that bar then Uh just it's just so easy all I have is that bar and I eat that and I don't have to worry about being hungry and I don't have to worry about compromising and eating crappy gas station food that's going to make me feel terrible and break my skin out and Uh cause all these problems in my body yeah it's really it's really cool because it sounds like that you guys kind of came at you kind of have arrived at the same destination, but you came at it from two different directions. Like Philip really wanted something that was good for him, but it didn't spoil. And you were really kind of com- coming from the direction of like, you wanted food that was healthy. That was also like convenient. And you kind of both yeah. arrived at the carnivore bar. Would you say that's pretty fair? Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, one of the problems that, you know, a lot of the, food you can find at a gas station like mm-hmm. uh for for example jerky is it's yeah. often really too lean if i said i didn't do a very good job searching i could have found jerky that would uh probably have made it um mm-hmm. really every single time to afghanistan but it would invariably be too dry it would be too uh-huh. lean because mm-hmm. when you up the up the fat content of the jerky it's some component of the collagen, the rancidity. Um, mm-hmm. That format just doesn't work. Um, makes it yeah. Spoil. Yeah, it just makes it spoil a lot faster. And, and when you're eating, specifically if you're trying to eat a zero-carb or very low-carb diet, you've got to mm-hmm. have that, that um, energy source. And 
And protein is great for like keeping your lean mass going, but you really have to have that energy going throughout the day. If you're just eating only jerky, mm -hmm. you're just, you're just going to be kind of sluggish and tired and it's uh -huh. not really going to fill you up. I mean, I've tried to do that. I would take jerky on, on trips and you'd still, you'll still be hungry and get really tired. Especially if you're active, yeah. like you, uh -huh. you have energy component. So it's how to get fat conveniently. Mm -hmm. um, healthful and healthy fat. Mhm. Mm yeah. And what what are all the because I know that you recently crowdfunded um this bar and I want to congratulate you on the amazing and overwhelming success of that endeavor. So, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, but Thank you. What what were some of the different kinds of lifestyles and needs that people had that you're trying to help meet with this bar? Because I know, you know, you're a touring musician, there's a combat medic, like what, what other lifestyle roles are you looking to meet a need here? So um, that's a great question. We, for our, mm -hmm. for our crowdfunding campaign, um, we focus mostly on carnivores, people mm -hmm. who need something very clean and need to be able to, uh, you know, be mobile to take it, take it on the go. Um, mm -hmm. But that's kind of like the beginning demographic. Like, uh -huh. for example, um, if the shelf life testing comes back anywhere near what we hope, um, we will be definitely targeting preppers or people who want to have food security, safety, those kind of concerns. Um, because mm -hmm. if our lasts a long time, um, that could be a really, really big advantage. Yeah. And it's also mm -hmm. anyone who's like, who's like me and who is traveling a ton, who's on the mm -hmm. road kind of job that takes you on the road a lot where you, mm -hmm. you might not be able to get the quality of food that you want. Or if you're like a backpacker, if you're, if you're going out on a backpack mm -hmm. kind of trip and you don't want to have to be scavenging or eating junk. Then yeah. Yeah. I know how hard that is. Uh, as I was talking to uh, Philip the other day, Kelly and I, my wife, we, we went on a backpacking trip and the bars that we were forced to eat were less than desirable to say the least. Like they tasted fine, but I mm -hmm. mean, it was mostly sugar and preservatives. Like that, that's the yeah. majority of the small print on the back. So yeah, I, even I the ones that are that, that say that they're protein bars. It's like they're, they're like Snickers bars, basically. It, they are. Yeah. Time. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Another, um, can you oh, sorry. Go, go ahead? Go, go ahead, Philip. Nope. I was going to say another demographic um, that I'm interested in is uh, Stan efforting mentioned in the vertical diet. Like he's uh -huh. going, um, I mentioned that in my story on the campaign. He mm -hmm. is, making a diet on steak and rice. Mm -hmm. so he's trying to feed uh, people like half Thor, uh, Thor from, or the mountains, mm -hmm. the mountain thrones. He's a very big individual who eats about 10,000 calories uh, a day and is one of the strongest human beings that's ever lived. So uh -huh. one of the problems that they are having with his training is digestibility. So Stan mm -hmm. efforting help troubleshoot a lot of these world-class um, strongmen in uh, having food they can actually digest. And it turns out that red meat is is one of the top 
um, for that. So bodybuilders, weightlifting, physical fitness, any kind of person who might be tempted to buy a protein shake, mm-hmm. be targeting them as well as a hyper digestible source of clean protein um, that your body is maximally bioavailable to. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do you, do you think that you are helping to create the future of the meal ready to eat bar? Or do you think this is the next evolution of it? Like, where do you think it's going to go from here? Like, what do you, what do you see in your future? I really, really hope that that's the case. The meal ready to eat, the MRE bar, like if this could be in the hand of soldiers, I'm not getting too ahead of myself. If it could just be an option, that would uh-huh. I would be thrilled. If they could choose yeah. the Snickers and this, I would be <laughs> ecstatic. That there would be a healthy choice in the field, no matter where you were, no matter how small your base, uh-huh. uh, even just out there on a foot patrol, like you would have a healthy alternative. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's so cool. Um so now we'll we'll turn it to a little bit more of a so like less less macro, a little bit more micro. Um Okay. So about the bar itself, tell me tell me about the like the re- general reception to it and like just kind of about the idea of it but also about the taste. Yeah. Um well so so you know, kind of our our inspiration for for the simplicity of this bar is, uh-huh. um, you know, a lot of people that start eating a carnivore diet, like like we eat, eat it mm-hmm. of like autoimmune conditions or um, mm-hmm. or specific like um, dietary intolerances. So, and and a lot of those people have an especially difficult time finding something that they can eat while traveling so Uh so this is not only an attempt to to be able to offer that like clean food source but but also like like the clean protein and the bioavailability bioavailability (laughs) like Uh but but also the um the just the simplicity of the ingredients that aren't going to flare up anyone's autoimmune system Uh and Sorry, go ahead, Philip. But that tends to make it plain. So yeah. the plain flavored, just beef flavored is is <laughs> the main note on flavor. Because of those goals uh-huh. and all those constraints, um, it, you know, I would say I think it's great because I'm fat adapted, but uh-huh. people on the standard American diet will probably not like this. Yeah, it's, we've had it, you know, it's, it's, interesting we get such a, a interesting range of opinions about it but it tends to be that the people who are eating a like a ketogenic or or especially a carnivore diet love it uh-huh. and they like it's exactly what they want and and if you've been eating um like that standard american diet and you're used to eating things that are fun flavors and sweet and um uh-huh of you know it it doesn't it you're like whoa this is this is gross like even people will uh-huh. wanted to spit it out kind of thing so it's not necessarily something that 
that we recommend as like a casual snack choice. Like if you, if you, uh-huh. if you're happy with the gas station food, you do you, but we're trying to make something <laughs> that's uh-huh. different, you know? Yep. What have been some of the wildest comparisons that people have attached to it in terms of taste? Um, oh, we've gotten such a, such a different range. So we, um, most people kind of agree that it's like a, like a mild beef flavor, a flavor, but texture wise, it's pretty different from anything that, that you've mostly had before. Like, it's not like jerky, like you might expect. We've had it compared to, um, fudge. Or crunchy peanut yeah, butter. Yeah, crunchy peanut butter. That was interesting. Um, huh. Someone even said it was like kind of similar to a, like a cracker. Like it's kind of like like a like a crunchy cracker, <laughs> like like a soft, almost mm-hmm. bread like cracker, like shortbread. Uh, it would be a Philip. very weird kind of bread. <laughs> uh-huh. I, think that I would discount that one. Crunchy <laughs> peanut butter and fudge is much closer. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that, is, that really wraps up all of the questions that I had for you guys. Is there anything else that you would like uh, the listeners of Let Them Eat Grass to know about the carnivore bar, like, when it's going to come out, like, you know, your, any ideas about, and, you know, any different iterations of the product design? Like, is there anything else that you would like the people to know, people to know about it on, oh, it, sure. on this interview? Um, it's going to, for Kickstarter, um, backers, it's going to come out in July, but we have a pre-order store that's still taking pre-orders and that will come out, uh, anticipated in September. It is a little bit of a delay, but it has to be USDA approved. So we want to do this the right way. Mm-hmm. So that means doing all the the hurdles and the red tape. Yeah. So if anyone is interested in pre-ordering, then you can, it, it's the easiest way to find it is to just search for the carnivore bar on Kickstarter. And then when you land on that page, there, there's a link that says just found us, click, click here to pre-order kind of thing. So then um, that, that takes you to our little pre-order shop. All right. Well, that sounds really good. And Philip and Mary, thank you so much for, uh, coming on this interview with me and spending your valuable time. Um, I really hope that everybody who's, you know, a combat medic, touring musician, or, you know, has a lifestyle that's on the road or, you know, just really seeking a very, fat soluble and you know very whole like wholesome source of protein that they would really look um intensely and critically at at what you guys are doing and i I would hope that they would support you so thank you so much uh for spending your time with me hey lunatics i just want to start off by saying thank you Thank you for listening, downloading, reviewing, and giving me your feedback. Because of your passion, we've passed the thousand download mark with only five episodes under our belt. That's amazing. I have big plans for this podcast. And to do it, I realized I need to be publishing episodes more frequently. Duh, right? So, from now on, they'll be coming out every week. I have a list of new topics and amazing interviews as long as my arm, so it won't be hard to up the frequency. If you really enjoyed this podcast, tell a friend about it. 
Tell your parents. Tell your boss. Tell anybody who cares even a little bit about what they eat. Or, if you're a little bit introverted, you can rate it and leave a review on iTunes. No conversation required. I'd be happy with either choice you make. If you have questions, email me at austin at letthemeatgrass.org. With your permission, I might include your question, along with my answer, at the end of the next episode. If you want to share any exciting news with me, that's another awesome reason to send an email. If you make the radical step of getting to know an ethical farmer near you as a result of listening to this podcast, I'd be overjoyed. In any state you're listening to this, there are farmers you can feel good about supporting. I promise. You can still use the offer code PDCST, like podcast without the vowels, on fedfromthefarm.com to get $10 off your first order of nutrient-dense pasture-raised food. Remember, I manage this farm, so I can personally endorse the quality. Most people who try it are surprised our meat doesn't taste gamey. That's our secret. We feed and finish our animals on grass. The taste is beyond compare. If you order from us and pick up your order at one of our buying clubs, I'll get to meet you. I want to hear your story. Seriously, I feel like we're part of a tsunami wave that is rapidly approaching the shore. The day of reckoning for a broken food system is long overdue, and both of us are part of that revolution. That's exciting stuff. Production assistance was provided by the Kissable Kelly Williams. That's my wife. Music was performed by the bodacious Brandon Nelson. If you like Scandinavian folk music, you can find his album Old Yarns by Eloin, E-L-O-I-G-N, at Bandcamp. Cover art was drawn by the radical Rebecca Raven. Backchecking was done by the daring David Boatwright. And sound engineering was done by the jubilant Jeffrey Hook. If you want any of these marvelous people to help you with your projects, just let me know. That's all I have for now. Until next time, Al Saudi.